There's an infinite number of universes out there. In many of them, there is a podcast by us. In one of them, it's good. Please enjoy. So me and Rose just pulled out this old dusty cardboard box and got her old Tamagotchi out. And we put like a fresh battery in it and she was using it for like a day. And we went to the shops and came back and we couldn't find it anymore. And we're looking all over the house, delaying this recording by half an hour, trying to find this little precious baby. And then I looked in one more bag and there it was, my child, my good friend, the Tamagotchi. That's good. That's good. I mean, if if Tamagotchis are anything, they're they're practice babies and you you pass the test. You found the baby after a day. Yeah, it's like picking food up off the ground and eating it. There's a time where it's okay to not know where your baby is and it's half an hour. Welcome to But Yeah with Eamon and Zeb. I'm Eamon. I'm Zeb. And today we're celebrating February 12th. Which is Darwin Day. International Darwin Day, in fact. It's a big day. It's one of the one of the big ones. It's arguably one of the most delicious days of the year. It is. It brought us all your favorite creatures and all, all your favorite plants as well, I'm, I'm assuming. Part of what Darwin's research would have been. Well, yeah, I guess. The world would be a whole lot less delicious without Darwin if he hadn't have- If he hadn't created that Jurassic Park-esque lab that turned all the, the basic creatures. We, we began life with four creatures. Everything was just starters, you know, like Bulbasaur, Charmander, all the shitty basic ones. Everything was really cute. Yeah, but like really weird, smooth, like featureless blobs. That he gently crafted into the creatures we know and love today. <laughs> uh, and so I'm celebrating Darwin Day by eating two of everything. Two of ev- <laughs> everything. I don't, I don't discriminate. <laughs> like, the, like Noah's Ark. Creatures. Darwin, Darwin isn't Noah, you know. Creatures, plants, deities. Deities. Concepts. Pillows. My belly is an ark and I am the shepherd of my <laughs> herd of delicious. I'm going to preserve the species of the world in my stomach. Well, I'm going to preserve the memory of them. It's like you're the Ark. They're going to dissolve in my stomach is what's going to happen first. And then I'm going to preserve the memory of their succulent flavor in In my mind. In in your stomach. Oh, no, in your mind. The stomach doesn't store flavor. That's a myth. Yeah, I was going to say. That's a commonly held misbelief. I mean, if it didn't, you would just eat Doritos once and then never eat anything again. You'd be fine. You'd be fine. That'd be probably way better because, although not really, I don't know. Because then you can just eat literally anything and just replace it with whatever taste memory you want. It's like, here's a different taste memory. Um, so you had something to say about Darwin Day, I think. Uh, I was just going to spiel off some, like, we all, everyone, like, what's the expected thing to talk about in relation to evolution? But, like, what do we really know about Darwin the man? Darwin himself, old Charlie. Um, what do we know about him? Not much. What do you know about, what can you tell me about Charles Darwin right now? Uh, Chicky D. I knew he had this fantastic beard that just grew so far down. Yeah, he always had that, even as a baby. They all did back then, though. It was a different time, <laughs> different time, different world. Uh, now, Charles Darwin, he was an English naturalist who pioneered evolution, although he wasn't the only guy who actually did the evolution thing. There was actually another guy called Alfred Ruff- Russell Wallace, um, and they kind of both discovered at the same time, but I guess Darwin had a better beard so we remember him more i i'm not <laughs> i remember half watching some show about like the whole race between them about who was going to publish i think they co-published maybe darwin because darwin maybe alphabetically it's higher in the publication chain <laughs> so they I both I don't, I don't, I don't. they both released at the same time but because 
Darwin was um, a different letter. He he got more um, popularity. Yeah, yeah. Alfred should have been called Alfred A. Aronson or Aaron A. Alfredson. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I always say. Like in science, the best thing you can do is be called Aaron Aronson. Because then in every publication, which is usually done by a group of scientists, you go, all right, let's not argue about who did the most work. Let's just do it alphabetically. That way no one's feelings get hurt. I imagine that's what Dar- exactly what Darwin said. <laughs> um, anyway, some interesting facts. I'm also going to unofficially say in celebration of Darwin Day, it's also Alfred Russell Day. I'm going to give a few facts about him as well. But first, Darwin, speaking of all the delicious animals of the world, I kind of wonder if Darwin, like, why he did discover all the animals in evolution and, like, all these animals, just because he really liked eating them. Because apparently he just, he, like, ate all this weird, wherever he went, he was just eating all the animals. Yeah, that was probably it. Like, he ate an old brown owl, which is apparently the grossest thing he ever tasted. Oh. Tasted, but, like, indescribably gross. Yeah. But, like, he also ate some armadillos, armadillos, aguitos, pumas, something called a rhea, which is like an ostrich. Um, it sounds like he just basically ex- explored the world with his mouth and then gradiated them by taste. And that's actually how evolution came along, like, as a theory. <laughs> that's, that's my theory on the theory of evolution. He even had a giant tortoise. Like, he went to Galapagos Island. And what do we think of when we think of Galapagos Island? Oh, that big Gi- soup bowl of an animal. Yeah, and he, he totally ate one. I mean, you would, like, back then, I guess you would. You'd be like, shit. That looks like it's just a packaged, delicious treat. <laughs> Pre-packaged and it can't even really walk away. <laughs> so, yeah, Darwin Darwin was a voracious explorer, explorer mouth explorationist. Um, another interesting thing. So, he went around on this boat called the Beagle. Um, he nearly wasn't allowed to do any of this, though, because of his nose. What? Because... <laughs> <laughs> so the captain was like, he had, there was this big theory at the time that you could tell a person's entire character from like their face and mainly their nose. Mm-hmm. And he like looked at Darwin's nose and went, that's not a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, good science. It's just good science. Owen Wilson has been struggling with this his entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like. They thought it was a funny nose, and I guess that's why he was in a lot of comedy, but he can't get into the serious acting. And he also can't stop saying, wow. Side fact, the guy who, like, um, was in charge of that boat, what was his name? I forget. Something. He also named the city Darwin after him, our city here in Australia, Darwin. Oh, really? That's actually named after him? Yeah. Darwin was never there, but this guy named that place after It was like Port Darwin. Ah, because everyone there was eating the weird animals. Yeah, I assume. He's like, oh, this is only fitting. <laughs> Maybe. But like, uh, his guy was called, the guy was called Stokes. But I think he also ended up hating, hating Darwin because he really hated evolution. That's a pretty sick name. Stokes. Yeah. He's like, he, he was like, I'm stoked to have you on my voyage. <laughs> and then later on, he was less stoked to have Darwin. He could only be cooler if his first name was something like Zach. <laughs> Zach Stokes. Zach Stokes, international ski champion. <laughs> Just so stoked to be here. <laughs> you know, he makes that joke every time. <laughs> what else? He also got a mountain for his birthday once. Oh, shit. Again, um, 17th century gentry of Britain was a very different world to ours. Mm. Here's a mountain, I-, I guess. Yeah, I mean, some other explorer probably got a bigger mountain. And yeah. he was, probably wasn't happy with the one he got. I doubt yeah. it. Somewhere in the world, maybe the Mount, Mount Darwin. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Maybe he took it with him. Yeah. Maybe he was buried with it. <laughs> Maybe. I want to be buried with my mountain. Don't you mean in the mountain, Darwin? No, with it. No, uh, with it. Figure it out. Just throw dirt over the top. And they go, That's the mountain on top of the mountain that Darwin got for his birthday. 
<laughs> he also married his first cousin, but like like Einstein did. Like I guess again, Einstein yeah. married Darwin's first cousin as well. No, 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 no. He also married his first cousin. That's just you know. <laughs> Gentry in the although I guess Einstein wasn't a gentry. I don't know, was he a gentry? It was later I don't know, you know, back then, seventeen hundreds, man, or nineteen hundreds, whenever Einstein was also a anyway, he made this big list. It was like a list of pros like typical scientist naturalist guy. And he had this like pros and cons, and it's all online. It's like all these like rough notes, but all in like kind of like any notes that you or I would write, but they got like old boy here. <laughs> here and there. Like the slang of the time, I guess. Right. But, like, you got, like, the pros were, like, constant companion. You get to have chit-chat, which is good for your health. Um, music. Uh, then the cons are, like, less money. No books. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> loss of time. <laughs> I have to work and live in the country. It goes through more. Some of it's a bit, a bit more, um, I don't know, outside of our time. But... It has the conclusion, which is marry, QED, which is like the thing you put on the end of like a math essay or something like that. Yeah. Like the QED. I don't know what it stands for. Quid ed something, something Latin. I don't know. Is that him in support of that or against it? Yeah. Yeah. He concluded marriage and he had like, he got married and had like 10 kids as they all did. But then there was a second essay on when to marry. I didn't read that one. Marriage advice from Darwin. Um, If you want to, if you want, if you try and decide. Marry or don't marry. Look up Darwin's pros and cons list. <laughs> it convinced him and he discovered evolution. So, I mean, he's a little biased in that he loves evolution and marriage is a, a segment of the human experience of evolution. Uh, yeah, it's an important part of reproduction. <laughs> yeah, if he was against marriage altogether and wanted to ban it in his um, um, Darwinist government, uh, <laughs> that would be very- Darwin world. That would be very against evolution. <laughs> I don't know. He could be like a polygamist or something. Or, yeah, he could be like and, a total hippie and be like, just free love, man. Everybody fends for themselves. <laughs> On the other side of the coin, just Alfred Russell. Maybe it's just because these names less memorable. Memorable. I never remember it without reading it. Alfred Russell Wallace. I'm just going to call him old Wally. Old Wally. Um, yeah, Russ. Yeah, old Russ. Wally Russ. Um, the walrus. As he, the wa- as he liked to be called. As the Beatles said, I, I, he is the walrus. Um, but yeah, he loved weird ideas. He was like, he, because I don't understand way in evolution, but he's also way into his spiritualism and all that sort of stuff. Um, and a lot of the other scientists were like, hated him because he was all into ghosts. <laughs> um, he also hated capitalism, which is a weird thing to sort of think of now. But, and this was sort of back before, you know, communisms and the reds under the bed and all of that. So it was like the industrial sort of start of all of that yeah but like he was like the first one of the first scientists were all like hey we're ruining the environment so he was like this was before hating capitalism was trendy yeah 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 he was he was just he genuinely (laughs) figured it out but he didn't but before capitalism was it really a thing yeah sort of like it was still a thing but it was like a like it was like early capital like it wasn't nearly as bad as it is now <laughs> so he hated capitalism before it was cool yeah he he didn't use the hashtag i don't know what the hashtag is i hating capitalism yeah this is like this is like being hipster hating a band um before they even form yeah yeah <laughs> all the <laughs> I guess he, but but by that case, he wouldn't be a hipster. I don't know. He's like, I hated Coldplay before they even formed. I kept track of them. I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> It'd be like that if he said it now. If we like use technology to revive him from the dead, and he's like, I always hate. But like he, like he didn't know what capitalism was really. Like he's just bullshitting. <laughs> he had like he was first environmental advocate. Like if we listened to him, I mean, naturalists. 
na- those naturalists in the environment. Yeah, naturalist is a problematic term now because it is really, in my head, just completely associates with people just getting naked and hanging around. <laughs> That's a nudist. Nah, naturalist sounds right. <laughs> well, I don't know. The scientific naturalist? I mean, Maybe it's naturalist. I assume that's what naturalists do, did and do. Isn't that- aren't they the same profession? <laughs> Alright, let's study nature. <laughs> do, 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 do. Is nudist a profession? I mean- like a stripper? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the process of getting nude is a profession, but actually being nude, is that a profession? Is research a profession? It's all just hanging around doing stuff, isn't it? Just you getting paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe <laughs> do both. Get paid twice. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. He also set up, there's some guy at the time, and it's funny that like the old, the world back then is kind of like the world now, in that there was this guy who was all like, the world's not round. If anyone can prove that the world is round, I will give them a million dollars or something. I'll eat my boot. Um, and he said that, and then this guy, um, old, old Wally, went, okay, and then he did an experiment. And then the courts went, yep, that confirms it. And the other guy, like, kicked up a massive stink and, like, started suing everyone. Left, right, and center, just being like, no, this does a fraud and everything's wrong. Do you have- do you have what Wally did? No, it's like, I think something similar to the experiment where they got the two poles and then measured the shadow change. Oh, yeah. And then they can tell that the world's- something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. It would have been cooler if he did, like, a- like, a giant- some sort of giant mechanical arrow that fired off into the horizon and came back around. <laughs> he just launched the first satellite and then it peeled out into a flag that said, eat shit. <laughs> it's like how... T- <laughs> you still think how Elon Musk launched a car into space in the orbit? Yes, it's insane. I mean, that's the. Th- this is the ancient equivalent of, <laughs> of that. <laughs> I like to think Elon Musk is now like flipping someone off. Who they made a bet about. It's like a crazy story from, like, the days of old about a god who does, like, weird shit. Like, if you imagine, like, in a thousand years people talking about this happening in the past, they'll be like, yes, and the god Elon launched a a wagon up into the sky. (laughs) And it circled the planet. It's going to Mars, I think. Is it? Is that real? I'm never sure with Elon Musk stuff at the moment lately in particular, whether it's... Legit, because yeah, he, he was also selling all those flamethrowers online on like he, eBay. He is doing that, and they were like, yeah. And he was he was also like um, with the flamethrowers. We're worried they're not going to get through customs, so we just labeled it as not a flamethrower. <laughs> I didn't do that part. <laughs> I saw one part which wasn't an Onion article. Um, the Onion being like that gag newspaper. If anyone hasn't heard of that, totally look them up. But it wasn't an Onion article. I expected it to be. It was just Elon Musk's argument for why you know, flamethrowers are important in case of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. I didn't investigate it further. <laughs> I was just like, I don't want this resolved, to be honest. <laughs> but also like flamethrowers into a crowd of zombies. We know that's ineffective. We have the movies. There was some scientists, I think, who responded to that or something else. And they were just like... That doesn't actually help at all, because all it does is the zombie's now on fire. Yeah. And now it's still running at you. You're actually in a worse position than you were <laughs> before you put it on fire. As you said, learn from any any movie. And I've learned that in any video game as well. Although, if you have enough fire. <laughs> you, need, you need a fair bit of fire. And t- can just turn them to ash. Yeah, but can a flamethrower do that? It's just like... I don't even know how flamethrowers really work. Well, how powerful know. are these Elon flamethrowers? Uh, maybe they're really powerful. They literally just 
turn them to dust before you're up. They're more like laser cannons. Yeah. And maybe the car is a massive satellite. It's a disguised satellite laser flamethrower. They go, oh, look at him launching wacky cars into space. And then he arms them all. <laughs> oh, no. He's no. A, he, now I'm the God King. And that's how he ends up in mythology enthroned. I am the God King Elon. <laughs> His name even sounds like. Like an ancient deity. Yeah, I know. All right, where were we? Um, that was just pretty much the last fact. There was also another. He was also like he was also an anti-vaxxer, but at that time it made sense because like vaccines were just some stuff they rubbed on you. Your vaccines were like a handful of mosquitoes crushed up with your bare hands and a shot of tequila or something. Cured. That was that's how it was back then. It's just it's funny how it illustrates just how the difference. Like he's got all his left sort of stuff, but also like right side stuff where he's like anti-vaxxer, but also. Well, any vaxxer hates capitalism and he's very spiritualist. Yeah, he's a big mishmash. He's a big mishmash of things. Pretty consistent with, like, I don't know. Are we sure he's not three toddlers in a big suit with different <laughs> ideals? <laughs> like a, like, Ceno evil, like, id ego, super ego. They're all just different archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. Much like the, like, it's actually like little, like three animals and Darwin made him. And that's how evolution happened. Um, I know that's pretty much all my Darwin facts. <laughs> now we all know a little bit more about Darwin. He ate an owl. Uh, he owns a mountain. He has a weird nose that looks dumb. Thank you for your Darwin facts. Um, this has been Darwin Facts with Eamon and Zem. Tune in next week for more facts about Darwin. Bye. Just kidding. What, what else did he eat? Just kidding. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> We're still here. You're trapped with us. Tune in for marriage advice from Darwin. And uh, you're just going to sit here for another half an hour while we Google more Darwin facts. In real time. Yeah. That's also, that is also how you say a joke. <laughs> um, do you want to go to the, the ad zone or have you got one more thing for me? Are you done? No, let's go to the ad zone. All right, let's go. Experience the magic of evolution in your own home with our new product, Tanko Evolution. Start with just a few bacteria, and after just a few hours, form complex civilizations and amazing structures. Actual humans. Actual humans. Actual humans. <laughs> Grow your own actual humans, or maybe the evolution tree go a different way. Maybe dolphins. Maybe boomers. Boomers. They're like humans, but way too wide. Warning, please follow the strict instructions on feeding and care for your tank-o evolution. Please keep all human DNA out of the tank. Please do not remove any species from the tank. No matter how much they plead. No matter how much they beg. Tanko evolution. It'll grow on ya. What's in your ears right now, huh? Garbage words and wood mice. Wood mice whispering garbage words. Garbage whispering about wood mice. Clear out your canals with the dulcet tones of Florence and Diane in paper news out loud. Nourish your mind. Give your neurons something to munch on. We provide you with things you never knew you needed to know. And none of the things you actually need to know, but might be fun to sprinkle into conversations with interdimensional beings. Think weirder thoughts and listen to paper news out loud. Available on iTunes, Spotify, your friendly neighborhood Void, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, we're back with the Bunya podcast. How was your break, Zeb? Oh, it was it was the breakiest. I ate one of those breaker juices. I ate it. I've been meaning to get Frozen? more hyper specific references on the show, and I think breaker juice. They're not juice. <laughs> breaker milk is a pretty good um, way to do it. <laughs> breaker milk juice. What do you mean hyper specific? Well, break. No one, <laughs> no one overseas knows what breaker milk is. Yeah, yeah, but I had some, <laughs> and it was, it was, it was perfect. Well, it's juice for your break. That's true. Are you, are you on a break? Do you want some juice? Have some breaker juice. It's milk. It's not called breaker juice to begin with. Yeah, but I but I had some some old breaker juice, a juice that that sweet juicy nectar. You never asked me what I did on my break, so I'm gonna ask myself. Hey, Eamon, what did you do on your break? Oh, nothing. Just evolved a million years. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thought out mathematical let's... functions you never could have comprehended. Thanks for asking. Let's move on. Um, so you had some sort of game or something? Oh, well, first I was going to say, um, I've been watching a lot of Black Mirror. Wait, can you taste that? No. Something tastes soapy. Hello and welcome to the Tide Podcast, the show within a show where we bring you a new thing not to eat every week. I've got a, a great news article um, that just came out just a couple of days ago on don't eat two-day-old snow. What happens? Like, it's just, it's water. How can it, it... It is just water, but if you know water, if you're a good friend of water, then you know how volatile it can be. The very fresh snow doesn't have a whole lot of bacteria, um, even though water does have bacteria when it falls from the sky, which gives it its smell. Um, but after a few days, because of the quality of the air in most cities, um, the bacteria starts to increase. Apparently, don't eat two-day-old snow. If you see that snow on the sidewalk... Leave it on the sidewalk. Don't eat that. Say you get a snowball, you curl it up into a tight snowball and then put it in the freezer to preserve it. Thus, the bacteria don't grow anymore. And then when you do go to eat it, much like having a steak in the freezer, you just chuck it in the microwave like to defrost it, thus killing all the bacteria. Can I then eat it as like a juice? Can I then have snow juice? Then it becomes a more of a conceptual question, which is, are you eating snow? Well, I'm I'm drinking snow juice. Well, the article's not about snow juice, but it's still the same the same stuff, kinda. <laughs> I think it'd be safe, personally, because I'm just drinking some water at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you got some gross bacteria laden water. Yeah, but it's been in the microwave. The microwave kills all bacteria, doesn't it? There are some bacteria that don't get killed by microwaves. Oh, yeah, but they're the really strong ones, like bread bread in a lab. The strong ones that get all up in your guts and take root. Okay, 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 okay. So first I I get the snow out of the microwave and I throw it on a hot pan with some oil. I cook it up. A little garlic and rosemary. I cook it on both sides so that it gets to all the bacteria. I obviously let it cool before I drink it. <laughs> I assume it's safe then. So we've come, that's it. We've solved the article's issue. We've come to a way to... I'm trying to get my article back up so I can get this direct quote. <laughs> we've found a way to um, resolve the issue. I mean, don't eat snow after a couple of days. Unless you microwave it. So I'm going to leave it with a direct quote from the article, which is... One of the researchers saying, I'm not recommending anyone eat snow. Just saying you won't get ill if you eat a bit. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Any- anyway, as I was saying, I've been watching a lot of Black Mirror lately. Yeah. Uh, have you watched any of that? Uh, yeah, I've watched up to first episode of the latest season. It's such a tense show. Like, I always just watch it. Like, I sit down and I'm like... The only reason I'm watching more of it because my housemates have started properly watching it. In the past, like, I like to have shows on that are sort of casual. I'll half watch, half draw or something like that. 
Uh, but I'd put Black Mirror on and just sit there watching it, being really stressed out for an hour. <laughs> and then at the end, I just feel uncomfortable about existence. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's so, I find it really fascinating though, because it's science fiction, but it's real subtle science fiction. They don't go out in a million directions. It's just like one tweaky thing that they focus on. Like if you could record all your memories or if social media dictated your life, which is actually like kind of like a real thing in China or it's becoming a real thing. Yeah. That's another discussion. I think I've talked about that before and how crazy that is. But like, it's basically the formula of Black Mirror is what if reasonable thing that's convenient, but too much and then you scream. (laughs) So I was thinking, what if we talked about, made that into a bit of a game for ourselves here on the show? Uh, Like talked about some, like some of the tech, because we always talk about like near future technology, like, you know, three meats in a tub. Yeah. Um, tasty, tasty, like musical tongues, vapes. What if any, what if, what if certain things, but too much, um, what's a technology that's on the edge, like that's becoming emerging now, or you anticipate will have big implications in the future, for example. Just one quick aside, the, what if X, but too much, um, the, what if phones, but too much, one of that was actually in like put in as an Easter egg. In um, season three. What? In Black Mirror? It comes up on a computer screen inside um, Hated in the Nation, episode six. <laughs> and it's the computer screen. And it says, what if phones, but too much? They, they know, they're self-aware then. They know what their formula is. Yeah, it's awesome. They're literally, was that episode, could you could describe that episode of what as what if phones, but too much? Yeah, well, you can describe almost all of the Black Mirror ones as that. But it's um, someone's using hate speech on social media to target individuals and have them killed. So, yeah, pretty much. The Easter egg is actually from an article where someone reviewed season two and they were making fun of them by saying, what if phones were too much? Yeah, and that's how that Facebook group then came into existence? Maybe, yeah, that would make sense. Eamon and I are on a really rad Facebook group called What If Phones But Too Much. I don't know. Look at it. Look, look through it yourself if you want to, if you like surreal memes. <laughs> um, um, so back to what you were saying, though. But yeah, so I was just thinking, like, what if, like... What other technologies outside of Black Mirror that Black Mirror may not explore because it's really edgy? What's the less edgy ones? You know, like what if what if fidget spinners? But you know, we take them to their logical conclusion. All right, what's their logical conclusion? Uh, well, I mean, okay. So right now, kids are playing with their fidget spinners. They're fidget spinning. Um, they're going to grow into adults with bigger fidget spinners, I assume. Um, like they're going to be more like. More like like frisbee sized, and they'll be spinning those. Yeah. Um. So the fidget. So now the now these kids with all these fidget spinners. Now they're adults. They've got they've still got fidget spinners, but like obviously they've grown in their they've grown and matured in their relevance to their life, and now like they're bigger. Um. And they like use them to like. Uh. Like their phones are on them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they spin their phones. They're constantly spinning them, um, and they get really strong um, forearms, I guess, from all the spinning of the fidgets. And then with their superior forearm strength, they the the uh, the class of people who support the fidget spinners are able to overpower the people who hate fidget spinners. Uh, and then we end up with this government of like fidget spinny spinners, but they're really big fidget spinners now. Like instead of finally we solve the energy crisis, we don't use solar power anymore. (laughs) We use the fans, the fans, which has always been a thing, but they're just big old fidget spinners. Okay. Um, Except all the energy used, uh, gained by the fidget fans is used to power yet larger, more immense fidget spinners. So although it solves the energy crisis, uh, it actually makes things worse. 
Fantastic. And then you scream. <laughs> and then you scream. Yep. Thanks. I hate it. Um, yeah, let me yeah. let me give you mine. Um, I'm just thinking of like hot topics right now, and Bitcoin just won't go away. So I'm gonna say the year is like 20. Oh man, I was gonna say 2017. That's how far back I think we already are. The year is 2024, <laughs> um, and Bitcoin has seen a resurgence. Fun side fact: that's the year of the dragon. Year of the dragon. Year of the Bitcoin dragon. Um, Bitcoin has risen to power. And it is a huge driving factor in all political forces. And as it just becomes more and more important to um, society and the economy, there's a huge like wave of people who form their their work life around graphics cards. <laughs> oh, like like they're actually doing like the the Bitcoin mining. Well, yeah, because to sort of thing. At this point, all other finances aren't really worth having anymore. Money's not like they're not relevant. Dollars, yeah. francs. Um, pounds, dollar dues, none of those are relevant anymore. It's all Bitcoin if you want to be able to survive. Can I add a, can I add a spin on that, actually? All right. So in Hunger Games, for example, their whole, the, the place they're from, the main ones, is like the mining district. And that's part of why it sucks there because, like, they're the underclass that has to do all the mining and all that. And they're sort of, like, they're really angry because they get oppressed and they're taken advantage of. So in Bitcoin, there's Bitcoin mining. Yep. Which is where you set up a computer and you have to like power the computer to run calculations, which produces bitcoins. As time goes on, it's less and less efficient when it produces. It needs more and more. You need. It's a really big thing in Norway apparently because they don't pay for electricity or something like that. Because the elect- because you need to get an amount of bitcoin worth more than the amount of electricity you're putting in for it to be worth it. Mm. So I think in the future this is going to be like whole the whole Arctic areas of the world will be these places of Bitcoin mining factories. And there'll be the people in there and it'll be really hot in there because of like all the all the running computers. And they'll have to like maintain the things. Yes. And they'll wear little miner hats, like old fashioned <laughs> little lights. And they'll be like, let's over overthrow the <laughs> the Bitcoin leaders. And they're just like the five people who started Bitcoin are up in their like ice palaces and they like try to fight them back. But then with their superior, I don't know, Bitcoin investments, they they, they, they they win and the working man loses again. <laughs> Back to the computer mine. Back to the computer mine, which is sort of like the opposite of a mine. And then he screams. And then he screams. It's like the opposite of a mine where you dig a hole and then you put stuff in it instead. <laughs> yeah. They're not at all like bodily work. They're just sweaty and bored just sitting there. Like it's not. <laughs> yeah. So I like this idea of using the Earth's natural cooling powers um, to keep your rig nice and crispy. It turns out, yeah, that's raising the oceans, of course. Yeah. yeah and yeah. everyone else is starting to drown. And then we have Waterworld 2. <laughs> middle plot twist between those two, these two movies, the middle sequence reveal is that people are, u- are actually being used to cool down the system. <laughs> people are the coolants. Blood is the most efficient coolant. It's people! <laughs> oh! Arctic ice or whatever that um, there's a CPU um, paste that you put between your CPU and the, and the fan cooler. Arctic <laughs> ice people. is people! 
All right, let's do one more. All right. Give me another emerging technology. <laughs> Facebook is uh, changing their algorithm to show you more of your friends. So it's more dystopic future where you have to see your friends. Okay. <laughs> well, kind of, but also, but also, um, in exchange, when you see less pages and groups, they have to pay to get ads to get you to see them. So you see yeah, more ads. Yeah. I saw there was, there was this whole thing going around where they were talking about how Facebook's kind of like the front page of the internet at the moment. Yeah. And it's they're acting like a publisher, which they're bad at. Yeah, I read this whole article on it actually, and then I went back to Facebook and went, "Whoa, that's actually really scary." Facebook is like the main thing I look at to get all my news sources now. It's not good. It's not like it tells me only what I want to hear and what I'm interested in, and it only gives minimal information because I'm too lazy to really click the article half the time. I mean, it's all my fault. It is, but like, it's still terrifying. (laughs) That's not really relevant to what we're talking about here. I can't think of like a, a no. Give me another one of those good ideas. Um. Will it be hilarious enough, though? Or will it be genuine? Electric cars. Can we do something with those? Isn't that just iRobot? There's also CRISPR. Um, for people who don't, I don't actually know what the acronym stands for. All I know is that it sounds delicious. It's like a procedure for altering DNA. So you can basically turn any genetic thing into a different genetic. You can edit DNA really effectively, more so than any other point in history we've been able to. I'm butchering it, but I don't know. It's, it's like you, now you can turn your cat into a baby. Yeah, I mean, as as opposed to Darwin's method of taking DNA and just eating it. Yeah, this is like Darwin did it the slow, old, boring way. And I mean, and we always talk about using technology to sort of cheat, but CRISPR is the real way to cheat. That's how we really want to cheat. Imagine if Darwin found that technology. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and he's just like making the world into yet... <laughs> More delicious animals. <laughs> so what happens is this this real hungry boy, a version of Darwin. Darwin's great, great grandson. Who's disappointed with the unavailability of eating all the different animals like he could back then. Now it's like, you know, animal rights, <laughs> like endangered species. <laughs> and he's like, I want to just, I want to eat more living things that are unique. Um, so he gets this technology, this CRISPR technology and starts converting his meals into living, different living things. <laughs> <laughs> like he gets his pudding and then just DNA edits it into a beaver. Or just like a freakish Maybe. pudding monster to start with. Cause he's still figuring it out. And it's just yeah. like a living pudding, like the magic pudding, but then he eats it and it dies. <laughs> and he, but the effect on him is like a bit unpredicted. Like he gets a bit too large from all yeah. these concurrent, strange, living versions of me like he doesn't succeed in making animals because CRISPR is probably actually really hard to use <laughs> to really intricately transform something into something specific it's okay he has his um spunky female sidekick who doesn't know what's happening she thinks she's helping with science yeah and then like later after she leaves he always eats it yeah <laughs> he's like it didn't it didn't make it through the night <laughs> finally we made this breakthrough she's like yeah i'll go record it and then he's like oh he's like <laughs> <laughs> she comes back and he's like, oh, where is it? He's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, the, the genetic sequence has collapsed. It vanished. It didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> it, again. <laughs> we need to make more of that one, though. <laughs> um, I guess he starts to market them eventually. <laughs> it's probably like more, the more logical conclusion. Like, it depends how... How savvy or reclusive he is. If he just wants to keep all the tastes for himself, which might very well be the case. Maybe she finds out eventually and then he's like, you shouldn't have. I told you not to open the door, which said, don't open this door or you'll get eaten. 
But she opens the door. Yeah, I guess he has to eat her if we want that horrible Black Mirror sort of vibe. Yeah, he like turns the ray gun, the crisper gun on her, and she just turns all a heap of strawberries, a heap of screaming strawberries. Oh, no. Or something. <laughs> or like, I don't know, an ostrich. So this is all well and horrific. Or she just gets more delicious. Like, it just makes things- but It just makes things a bit more delicious. Where is the statement on our society? Oh, uh, yeah, what's the- Does he release this technology the, to the rich? What's the moral of this story? Um, he gets eaten himself. Right, yeah, no, yeah. She accidentally- She finds out- She tastes one of them. One of these delicious things. Like, he, he from eating them, gradually his DNA is edited. Yeah. That's a that's a, a backfire of the way he approaches CRISPR. That is how CRISPR works. And he's just like a big swollen chocolate or <laughs> something like a, like a she's just like, Wow, you look like a, a literal pudding and then one day he is just a giant pudding and then they all come and eat him and they don't even know it's him. Ah, I got it. He turns into a delicious bowl of pudding and everyone in the office is like, Well, I guess he left us this. Oh boy. Probably a cake. <laughs> That's more easy to divide it in an office, I guess. We, like a whole group eating a pudding together is kind of weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> chocolate mousse. That's shared chocolate mousse is not good. Yeah. It's a big communal bowl of chocolate mousse. <laughs> Alternative, what if the CRISPR technology is used? You know you have Cheesy Whiz? Mm-hmm. Like squeegee cheese. We go and the cheese comes out. Yes. That, but any flavor. I don't know if you need CRISPR to necessarily do that. Well, I think we could just put flavors in a can. Just any flavor. Is this your scientific dream? Is this what you've been studying all your life to accomplish? <laughs> you want yeah, any man. flavor squeeze more food, cheese? More, fu- more food should come out of a can. You don't even know the name of the product you want to create. I, I know what the type of product is. You Not just the- food. I feel all <laughs> things are better in, t- in cans. If you you know go- the made up fake name of the fictional product that you think it is, is which it is like squeezo cheeso. Squeezy cheesy. You, you don't have any real world examples to give to the production managers who are going to make this dream happen for you. But, every- but everyone knows what I mean. <laughs> you don't want to know about the real one because then I'm biased and I might accidentally infringe copyright. If I don't know, if I genuinely don't know, then I can't infringe copyright. I can make whatever I want. But everything should be in a kit. Like, I feel that's where 3D printing is ultimately going. At the moment, it's big and bulky. But eventually, it'll just be in a can. And you just go, I'm going to... You know what? I need a new shirt today. All right. Well, let's... Just, just squeeze the, can- the shirt onto yourself and go, I'm done. Yeah. Well, let's black mirror this squeezo cheeso. You got girlfriend in a can. And you people just spray her out. And then she's there. It's a full, live, living human being. And she's like, please don't kill me. I don't want to go back into the factory. <laughs> no, she's, she's fully alive. But then she gets a hold of the can and then she makes herself a li- giant full-size living girlfriend. And it's kind of like Mr. Meeseeks. From, from, <laughs> there's just heaps of them. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, then they leave They leave him <laughs> for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> for each for themselves. And then he's just like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> the end. <laughs> And they just build their own society of all these, like, really attractive women who all love each other. And they're just like, we're all the same, genetically identical. That sounds like a very loving community. It's like, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a utopia. And like, it's not a, it's a happy ending in a lot of ways, but he's just like, oh. I guess they probably realize they need to wipe out everybody else on the planet because their community is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the next step. Yeah. But then, I don't know, like, I, I guess the soldier in a can in general would be a thing. Yes. Oh, my God. So they haven't got a, they haven't got a tech, unless he's the first guy to invent the squeegee can. 
the people no, can. No, no, this is a very popular item. If he's the first person to invent it, then they win. But if he's not, and he's, it's just a standard use, then, like, everyone's, like, just anyone's just, like, I squeege up an army. Yeah, but then they squeege up an army as well. Yeah, it's just a squeege race of who can squeege the most, I don't know, better weapons. I mean, probably you don't, probably don't squeege up armies, you just squeege tanks and satellite missiles. Okay. You just squeege out, instead of guns, they have cans that go, and shoot out bullets. And they're just like squeezing up a shield, kind of like Fortnite, with like you just invent stuff on the spot. Yeah. But you just need the themed can. Actually, it's more like Batman, where he has his belt of like every really specific like things. That's what the Super Soldier has. They have like yeah. squeeze up a shield, okay. but it doesn't last as long. <laughs> but he can just squeeze out a heap of them. Okay, I think we've done well enough. I don't know what the conclusion of that story is. I think everyone. It's also it's also a horrible pollutant, and they all die. I think everyone dies at the end. So thanks for listening to our yeah. show. Um, we like that you come here and listen to us ramble on about people getting squeezed out of cans for an hour. But yeah, as always, if you like, if you like hearing this, you can always hear some more. We're, I mean, if you're hearing this, I guess you've already probably found us through some route. <laughs> Just to keep using that route. We also have a Twitter, uh, at But Yeah Pod, plus, you know, associated things. You know, we have an Instagram called at But Yeah Pod. There's not much on it yet. Also, Joel Holland um, was kind enough to ask me to come and guest on his podcast, Ad Hominem, the podcast of a logical debate, which you can find on iTunes. And I'm on episode nine, um, bad movie trivia. He picked up that I watch a lot of movies from looking at the, at the episodes of this show, like maybe the early ones. And he could not be more <laughs> wrong. I, I don't listen to <laughs> movies that much. I don't have good trivia knowledge. I'm a terrible candidate for that. But it was still very fun. But and the game um, sort of is built for that. The show seems more about not necessarily arguing correctly, but arguing convincingly. So, like... Yeah. If you just make stuff up, but you're really, like, you're convincing about it. Um, and you can find them on Twitter at Incitement Games. So thanks for listening to our show, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.